Hey church family, welcome back to another Leroy UMC podcast. We're continuing our series titled The Great Reset. So Priscilla and Aquila are forced to uproot their lives when the government orders them to relocate. Yet they find the strength to make a new start in Corinth, have success, and more importantly, it's only because they have to relocate that they later meet Apollos and help him find his way especially Priscilla. In their reset, Priscilla and Aquila realized that their ministry would always matter to them because it's what made them Christ's hands, gave them purpose they'd never lose. Our church's vision is to be Christ's hands by the way we serve others with authentic compassion. So how will you recommit to being Christ's hands in 2023? Let's send it over to Pastor Matthias. But friends, uh, this morning we're continuing with our uh, worship series for this month, for January. Uh, We are calling it The Great Reset. And as we shared last Sunday, the whole idea for this series is that COVID changed a lot. It changed a lot about our jobs, about simple things, about the way we buy groceries and go to restaurants, all kinds of things. Uh, And as we move into a kind of a post-COVID world. And yes, I appreciate the irony that we are talking about the post-COVID world when I just had COVID uh, this last week. Uh, I think the Lord is having a little bit of fun with me. But as we move into a post-COVID world, many of us uh, are having to seriously consider or rethink what really matters to us, what's worth bringing back into our schedules, into our routines. Uh, And so this month we are looking at four figures, four characters from the Bible who went through a great reset of some kind, and we're talking about how they responded to it or what faith looked like in that reset. Last Sunday we looked at St. Peter, and this morning we are looking at two Uh, I guess two underappreciated leaders of the early church, uh, Priscilla and Aquila. And our scripture reading this morning is from the book of Acts, chapter 18, verses 1 through 4, and then we'll skip over to the end of the chapter, verses 24 to 28. Friends, listen now for the word of the Lord. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he found a Jew named Aquila from Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them, and they worked together by trade. They were tent makers. Every Sabbath he would argue in the synagogue and would try to convince Jews and Greeks. Now there came to Ephesus a Jew named Apollos from Alexandria. He was an eloquent man, well-versed in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with burning enthusiasm and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained the way of God to him more accurately. 
And when he wished to cross over to Achaia, the brothers and sisters encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. On his arrival, he greatly helped those who through grace had become believers. He powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Messiah is Jesus. Friends, in Jesus Christ, the word became flesh and dwelled among us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Holy God, we come here seeking words of truth and words of new life, and so only your words will do. So, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. It would be hard to imagine a greater reset than moving from independent living to a nursing facility. It's a very big step to take in life, one that changes all kinds of things about a person's life and a step that can be very challenging to face. I remember once when I was really little, I once met a man who had gone through that great reset and who had responded to it in the most incredible way. I won't use his real name, we'll just call him Fred. Fred was maybe 78, 80 years old. He was still very active and very sharp, but he had reached the point that he couldn't care for himself alone anymore, and so his family had helped move him to a nursing facility. And Fred had had to give up his home as part of that move, give up the keys to his car, say goodbye to his neighbors, let go of familiar routines, and it had in many ways to start over in a new place with new faces. It's a transition that might have left him incredibly discouraged, overwhelmed, sad, or angry. And while Fred probably did feel all of those things, at least at first, it's only It's only natural to feel sad or frustrated when life changes and you have no say about it. But the thing is, Fred didn't stay that way. Rather than getting caught up in his sadness, Fred decided that there was still more he could do. So Fred started doing something new. Every day, Fred would wake up early in the morning, put on a suit and a tie, comb his hair, look his best, and then head out into the nursing facility to visit all the different residents. Fred would show up. He would knock on your door. He'd walk in with a big smile and ask how you were doing, how your day was going, and then just chit-chat for a little while about anything and everything, the weather, sports, whatever it might be. He visited the active and the bed-confined, the healthy and the sick, the cheerful and the grieving, as he made his weekly rounds, getting to know almost everyone. It wasn't the most exciting thing to do or the most dramatic way to help folks out, but with each door that he knocked on, and with each little conversation that he had, Fred not only made everyone's day just a little bit brighter, 
But in his own simple way, Fred reminded each person he visited that someone cared and that they mattered to someone. Fred was a man who went through a seismic, life-changing reset, but who realized that no matter how his life was reset, he would always find ways to be a minister to others, because being the hands of Jesus Christ would always matter to him. Choosing to be a minister to others is not always an easy thing to do, especially not after your life has been reset. It certainly hasn't been easy for many people today after the reset that COVID forced all of us to go through. We talked about it before, how for an entire year our normal lives came to a grinding halt and about how when all the COVID restrictions were finally eased or relaxed, we were all forced to think very seriously about what matters to us, what habits, what routines, what things are worth picking back up again. And Unfortunately for many people, volunteering wasn't always something to be picked back up. I saw a study done by Gallup back at the end of 2021 that found that while about 64% of Americans reported volunteering on a regular basis before COVID in 2017, 58% of Americans were willing to volunteer during COVID in 2020, and 56% of Americans volunteered post-COVID at the start of 2022. It's actually a decline Gallup found goes even further back than that to 2013 and beyond. And I'll admit, that's not necessarily surprising. Volunteering isn't easy. It takes a lot of time. It takes uh, chances and new risks. It can also be a real challenge to start serving and ministering to others once you've gotten out of that routine or that habit. But that's exactly what two unsung leaders of the early church had to do when they found their lives suddenly reset in the most dramatic way in that passage we just heard, Acts 18. Priscilla and Aquila were a husband and wife who ran a really small family business. They were tent makers, we're told, just like Paul. They worked very hard, they had success, and they made a wonderful home for themselves in the city of Rome, where I imagine they had lived for a long time. It's likely that their family had been Romans for many generations. Until one day, their lives were turned upside down and reset when, as Acts tells us, Emperor Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Because of something that was out of their control, Priscilla and Aquila suddenly had to sell their home, 
had to give away or sell all the furniture and possessions that they'd collected over the years, had to say goodbye to the neighbors that they'd made memories with, had to leave the city that they had called home for decades and start all over again in a new city called Corinth. And while I can't begin to imagine how angry, how sad, how heartbroken Priscilla and Aquila must have been to have their lives reset like that, as the book of Acts tells us, when they got to Corinth, the two decided that there was still more that they could do. First, they found a new synagogue, a new church family where they could find the peace of God, no matter how chaotic the week may have been. Then they started up their business again. They found a little storefront somewhere in Corinth and started making new connections. They started meeting new friends and new faces, including one stranger named Paul. And while they might have been forgiven at that point in their lives for thinking about themselves first, for focusing solely on getting their business going again and getting their lives back together, Priscilla and Aquila at that moment make the extraordinary decision to be ministers to Paul. They don't do the most exciting thing in the world or make the most dramatic impact. All they do is show Paul the simple kindness of a small guest room where he could stay for a little while. But with every ordinary meal that they shared with him, with every how are you doing that they asked in the morning, with every place they gave him to stay at night, Priscilla and Aquila not only made Paul's time in Corinth just a little bit brighter, but they reminded him that he mattered to the body of Christ. But that wasn't even the end of the story. Sometime later, another stranger, an itinerant preacher named Apollos, came to town. Priscilla and Aquila hear the new minister and decide to be ministers to him. They invite him to stay with them. And once again, with every simple meal, every friendly gesture, and every ordinary act of kindness, Priscilla and Aquila, as verse 26 puts it, explained the way of God to him more accurately and showed Apollos what it means to be the hands of Jesus Christ. And that's just it. That's what Priscilla and Aquila were really doing in that passage and in all the little places where they appear in the story of the early church. For all the ways their lives had been turned upside down in their great reset, for all the ways their eviction had forced them to reconsider what really mattered to them, what was worth restarting in their new city and in their new lives, Priscilla and Aquila decided that they would always find ways to minister to others because being the hands of Jesus Christ would always matter to them. For Priscilla and Aquila, no matter how the world around them may have changed, no matter how their own lives might have changed, 
their ministry would always matter and they would never stop ministering by their simple, ordinary acts of kindness. No matter what they had, they would always make meals for others. No matter what their home or where it was, others would always be welcome inside it. And no matter how their lives changed, they would always find ways to care for others because it's simple acts of kindness that raise up the next St. Paul or St. Apollos. And it's the simple ways we serve our neighbor with compassion that make us the hands of Christ Jesus. That's what mattered to Priscilla and to Aquila, and the good news is that's what matters to us. That's the vision of our church family that we pray together every Sunday morning. You all know it. Hopefully at this point, you might even have it memorized. And what's the very first part of our church vision, our church family prayer? Christ, make us your hands by the way we serve our neighbor with authentic compassion. We pray every Sunday morning as a church family that God would give us the grace, give us the wisdom, give us the fire to reach out and serve others because no matter how our world may change or our lives may shift and be reset, being Christ's hands will always matter to us. It's something that's always been of value, something that's always gone to the core of this church family. I love, over the past few years, I love the moments whenever I've heard about someone who was sick or someone who was going through a hard time and then heard that one of you had already reached out had already dropped off a meal, had already visited, had already seen them without ever being asked. It's one of the most indescribable joys, and it's also one of the most unique things about Christianity as a faith, about Christianity as a religion, that we follow a Savior who doesn't just invite us to follow, who doesn't just invite us to learn. It's not just about the teachings, but we follow a Savior who invites us to share in his ministry. As Elie Wiesel put it, we serve a God in whom our lives no longer belong to us alone but they belong to all who need us. That is the kind of joyful new life that Christ calls us to, a life that is ours because it is also theirs, a life that is made whole because it is shared, and a life that matters because being Christ's hands matters to us. And with every kind word, every simple visit, every ordinary meal dropped off, every prescription picked up, every lesson taught, every feed my sheep bag packed, with every simple act of grace, so many people in this church family have already found so many ways to be 
a minister, to be Christ's hands as we serve our neighbor. The only question is, how will we keep going? What will your ministry be in this new year? It doesn't have to be anything extraordinary or overly dramatic. Priscilla and Aquila didn't convert Paul or baptize Apollos. Their ministry was much simpler. But sometimes it is the simplest acts of kindness that have the greatest impact and the most lasting effect. What St. Paul or Apollos of tomorrow will you help build up? How will you be Christ's hands to them? Will you help out with our youth group or our Boy Scout troop and teach some young man or young woman some of the wisdom that you've picked up over the years? Will you jump in at the food pantry, at Home Sweet Home, or Faith Second Chance and do something that means the world to someone who needs you? How will you be a minister to someone who needs you to not only brighten their day, but to remind them that they will always matter to Christ Jesus. We may not have been forced to relocate by a Roman emperor, and we may not be moving from independent to assisted living, but we have all gone through a great reset. COVID put all of our lives on hold, and in the aftermath, we are still having to ask ourselves very seriously what really matters to us. But the good news that Priscilla and Aquila and Fred found, and the good news that we get to keep on living out in a new year, is that no matter how our lives may be reset, we are disciples of Jesus Christ. And we are the ones who will always find ways to be ministers because being the hands of Jesus Christ will always matter to us. And thanks be to God for it. Amen. Friends, please join with me in prayer. Christ, make us your hands by the way we serve our neighbor with authentic compassion. Christ, give us a friendly face to show to someone who needs a visit to remind them that someone cares. Give us the will to make a dinner for a neighbor who needs a meal to remind them they belong. Give us a guest room to open up to a visitor who needs to see that the body of Christ is alive and well. Christ, make us your hands in this new year and let us make our mark. Let us build our little corner of your kingdom come with each life-giving act of kindness that you call us to show. In your name we pray. Amen. Again, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you are blessed and that you are a blessing. Go in peace.